Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, May 14th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. It's an absolutely gorgeous day in the Gem City, but today we will be having a fill-in guest once again. The Dean is here, Bill Curlick, to fill in for Dwayne Long. Dwayne is on the injured reserve list. We hope to have him back in the mix next week. We will see Another reminder, if you have not signed up for this show as a subscriber on your phone, you're doing it wrong. If you subscribe, the second this thing goes to press, it will populate in your phone. You'll be good to go. You don't have to worry about checking anything. Speaking of having no worries, when you have a fill-in guest like the Dean, you're feeling real good. Bill, how goes it in Columbus today? Uh, Very well, Dan. Just like in the Gem City, a beautiful morning. We had rain all day here in Columbus yesterday. Nothing but gray skies and nothing but blue skies and sun today. So, great day in Columbus. There is a chance, Ohio, and I knock on wood, that we have put the cold weather behind us and have a good run of sweat coming here. Talk about a good run. I would say possibly the most positive recruiting development since Ryan Day took over, and I would include everything that's happened, has been the recent crystal ball run on Julian Fleming for the Ohio State Buckeye. Fleming is the number one receiver in the country. Pennsylvania native. Was long thought to be a Penn State lean, and then it was a Clemson vibe. Now there is a serious run on crystal ball for Ohio State. It started with yourself and Steve Wiltfong. The last two to flip were Bill Green and 24-7 Sports CEO Shannon Terry. I jested to you before the show. That might mean that Fleming's on campus taking classes in Columbus now. But let's talk about that. What changed, do you think, in Fleming's recruitment that made Ohio State so strong? And should we get Brian Hartline a bigger office? (laughs) Well, I don't think you can uh, uh, overemphasize how good Brian Hartline has been for the Buckeyes as a recruiter and a coach. I mean, you know, he's been spectacular. Um, the, the players that he's bringing into the program, you know, the work he's done with the receivers, you know, their, their protection on the field, he has been spectacular. Um, uh, you know, as far as playing, you and I, you know, we, we talked, Dan, a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, on, a, on a morning, and I, I said that uh, – I was likely, very likely, going to be crystal balling Julian Fleming to Ohio State a few weeks ago, and you said, whoa, that's that's a huge, huge deal. And I said, well, I'm not going to do it yet, but I'm most likely going to do that. And, um, you know, as things turned out, um, did it a little while later um, after talking to a second person uh on julian fleming's situation and and uh you know i i feel very confident about that pick um uh you look at you know what he can add to this program and you know my goodness gracious you know he's he's a five-star wide receiver that absolutely uh defines five-star he's that good and you know when you when you look at the some of the talent that ryan day has brought in you know people are kind of uh, wondering a little bit about uh, his ability to recruit out-of-state players. Well, let's say they get Fields, which uh, I'm sorry, let's say they get Julian Fleming, which, again, uh, I, I feel confident on May 31st he's going to announce for the Buckeyes. But uh, let's say they get Julian Fleming. That's Julian Fleming. Ryan Day brought in Justin Fields. Jonah Jackson's 
you know, he came to Ohio State, Ryan Day uh, got him. Uh, you know, what a huge catch that was as a grad transfer. Garrett Wilson, Ryan Day was the guy that recruited him. Uh, Ohio State getting in late on Enoch Vimahi uh, to sign with the Buckeyes when they needed offensive linemen in the 2019 class. Now, that's some serious, serious talent that Ryan Day has brought into the program, and those are all guys from out of state. Um, and then you factor in the in-state guy that uh, he got early um, being Jack Sawyer. I mean, Jack Sawyer was their number one priority, period, for the next two years to get him to Ohio State. And Ryan Day and the staff, Larry Johnson, got him to commit early. So, you know, uh, anybody that uh, wants to make the argument that Ryan Day is not uh, uh, doing a great job of recruiting and, and bringing in top out-of-state guys too, you know, those guys that I just mentioned um, certainly would be the argument uh, there. And, and, and I should mention Harry Miller. Ryan Day played a big part in Harry Miller um, originally committing to Ohio State. He helped recruit him. And then he also re-recruited him um, a- after, you know, the, the announcement that Urban Meyer – uh, was was going to step down. So, again, there's some serious talent that Ryan Day's brought into the program. Not to mention, Bill, he's often compared to, and people want him to be like Lincoln Riley. Go match up what Lincoln Riley recruited in his first stretch compared to Day's. It's not close. Now, Day's got to do it on the field as Riley has, but I'm super confident in that. We also know Day has taken over the recruitment of Paris Johnson, and it's putting a lot of effort into that. So, Another number one player in his position that we be partly to his hard work. This was another thing we talked about before the show, Bill. If you put Julian Fleming with D. Scott and Jackson Smith and the Jigba in this class, there's no argument going forward that that would be the best receiver Hall Ohio State ever had in one class. Will they turn out to be? I have no idea. But Julian Fleming and D. Scott in one class, considering their size and number one receiver potential for the two of them, is incredible. You start to think about Julian Fleming, Guy Scott, and Garrett Wilson on the field at the same time, and you know it almost makes you have to take a walk around the block. That said, they still may take more receivers in this class. I was telling you before the call, I mean, if you take more than three receivers in a class, it's going to be harder for them to get on the field. But then we started breaking down the roster. Explain to everybody, just it's almost dire, the situation at receiver when it comes to a roster situation. Yeah, there's going to be uh, uh, plenty of room for wide receivers in this class. Uh, right now, High State has 10 receivers on the roster. When I say receivers, I don't mean just uh, X's, so to speak, uh, but the slots counted in there, too. They have 10 receivers on the roster, and that doesn't count um, uh, McCall, DeMario McCall, because he is listed as a running back now, but they have 10 receivers on the roster counting uh, Jalen Gill in there. He's an H-back. Um, their goal is to have 12 receivers on the roster, uh, scholarship receivers on the roster, and right now they have 10. They're going to lose four of them, K.J. Hill, Ben Victor, Austin Mack, and C.J. Saunders. So that means that they're going to be down to six receivers on the roster. So there's going to be plenty of room to bring in four or five receivers, and that's counting H-back type guys. So uh, Cameron Martinez, for instance, you know, the, the fight there might be over um, 
if he picks Ohio State? Does he play safety for Jeff Halfley, or does he line up as a as an H back? You know, he he is an outstanding prospect at both those positions, and and they've told him, you know, it's your pick. You come to Ohio State, it's your pick. Uh, which one of those positions you want to play? Um, so, you know, as we know that you know, if they get uh, Julian Fleming, that only gives them three receivers. They can take another receiver, for instance. They can take an uh, an H back type guy like a Cameron Martinez, for instance, or um, they're recruiting Michael Grennan as a running back. But I think he could be a very good H back. Uh, you got EJ e. Smith from down there in Dallas. There is plenty of room for this receiver group, to, as good as it is right now, get even better. The combinations are literally incredible. I misspoke. I'm sorry, Guy Scott. I'm going to have to bench you and put in Chris Olave to go with Julian Fleming and Garrett Wilson. I can't. That feels like I'm playing Sega, and I have gotten control of my own roster at that point. That is fantastic. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, and Dan, there's another. There's another guy they mentioned too that really likes Ohio State a lot. That's an outstanding receiver. L.V. Bunkley Shelton from California. Uh, he's going to make an official visit to Ohio State, and Ohio State is absolutely very high on his list. So another name to throw out there. That's just incredible and awesome. Speaking of players, Ohio State is very interested in. Bill, it's not that common, but there are times when a recruit will pop up whose rating does not not necessarily match their interest. That has taken place here with Mitchell Melton, an outside linebacker-type class of 2020 from the D.C. area, Good Council High School, rival of the Fighting Fish Youngs. He has offers from Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan. His rating is sub-90, so you wouldn't think so. But this is a classic Midwest battle. Um, the SEC hasn't gotten involved in it, and from what we were discussing, we should not use his rating to maybe determine how interested Ohio State is. Uh, definitely not. You know, he he is a a talent, uh, and he's a talent that Ohio State likes a lot. Uh, he's a guy that could be. You know, there's been talk about, well, what is Ohio State doing as far as defensive linemen? Well, uh, Mitchell Melton could be a defensive end. He could be an outside linebacker. He could be a hybrid guy, and he is a guy that uh, that they like a lot. And he's going to make an official visit to Ohio State. He's got visits set up to Notre Dame and Michigan for June seventh and June twenty first, respectively. Um, Going to get one set up to Ohio State. You'd you'd, you'd think maybe June fourteenth, but I think Ohio State would maybe like to get the last shot there. So we'll see. Um, but he's a guy that they, that, that they want. He's a guy that has a strong interest in Ohio State. My goodness, he has uh, plenty of Ohio ties, that's for sure. His, both of his parents um, are, are from Ohio. Uh, they both went to college in Ohio. His sister is a student at Wittenberg um, in western Ohio. Uh, so uh, and he still has family living in Ohio. So he's got plenty of ties to Ohio. Ohio State likes him a lot. Uh, he's certainly a guy that uh, don't worry about the ranking. Uh, you want to get him into the program. Yeah, and, and keep this in mind. Good counsel and the math on the schools around there are so loaded that you don't get on the field quite as early as you do maybe at some other spots, so maybe your name stays under the radar. If you are starting and kicking butt the WCAC at that school and Ohio State wants you, I am in, that's for sure. Here's a guy I thought was in. Now I think he's out. Michael Carmody, an offensive lineman that there was some serious buzz about. In fact, 
I would have had him in at one point in time. However, an offer came from the Fighting Irish. He has a brother who plays there, and now it feels like it's the crystal ball is rolling away towards South Bend. Would you agree with that? Well, uh, to be honest, and, I, and I've written about this, I was never um... – uh, I never had Carmody in this Ohio State class. I just, I just didn't feel like that was going to happen. Maybe it still does, but, I, but to be honest, I still don't feel like it's going to happen. And um, you, you mentioned the Notre Dame connection, the offer. You know, that's big and all that. And um, you know, we'll see. Um, I just think that uh, there are some other guys that are more likely to be in the class than Carmody, and, I, and I've kind of always felt that way. So, yeah, I agree with the trending of the crystal ball away from the Buckeyes at this point. All right, Bill, we're going to show your versatility here. You are not just a football expert. You have cut your teeth as a fine basketball coach over the years and are a large fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Your opinion on the hiring of John Beeline from Michigan? Oh, I think that was a grand slam for the Cavs. And, you know, as we talked about, um, uh, you know, I've spent a, a lot of my life coaching basketball and, and have been around some very good basketball coaches. And, and I was talking to one of them yesterday, uh, a coaching protege of mine that's, uh, uh, you know, still into the basketball world, so to speak. And, and his feeling was, is that John Beeline has been the best coach in college basketball for the past five years that he's that good um you know the transition to the nba at the age of 66 yeah maybe that's going to be a little bit tough but uh you know the guy has been successful he's won everywhere he's been uh that's a huge uh huge loss for the michigan program and i don't i don't really care who michigan brings in to replace him they're not going to bring in somebody better than john beeline I was going to say the exact same thing, and that brings me great joy. Have a good one, Bucknutters.